Thank you, Steve. What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode number 11. Uh, today, I have a special guest on the podcast. Born in Venezuela and currently residing in New York City, our guest is an award-winning architect and interior designer dedicated to developing high-end interior design and architecture projects worldwide with several published works. She has lectured at universities, organizations, and with internationally renowned architects across the globe. Currently, she is conducting research on shared economy and its impact on cities. She is the founder of Victoria Benatar Architect PLLC and a co-founder of EXT Architecture PLLC with Michelle Champayone. Her objective as an architect is to help as many people as possible to improve the quality of their lives by improving the quality of their spaces because design really matters. That being said, let's welcome our guest, Victoria Benatar. Hi, Victoria. How are you doing today? Hi, Sid. How are you? Nice to see you. Thank Thanks you for so the much. opportunity. No problem. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, so, Victoria, before we dive into the subject of architecture and design, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about uh, you know, then you came from here, from Venezuela to United States, uh, a little bit about your educational background as well. Right. Yes. Okay. So I am, I was born in Venezuela. I have a mixed uh, background. My mother is uh, uh, Russian and my father is Moroccan. So they arrived to Venezuela for different reasons uh, related to, to the war and circumstances of life. So they end up in Venezuela and I was born there. I have a, an education in the Universidad Central of Venezuela. I graduated, I received my bachelor's in architecture. And then I worked 10 years as a registered architect there. And then I came to the United States to make a, a master in urban design to complete my all the scales of design that interest me. So I work. I graduated as an architect, I work as an interior designer, and I learned more about cities. So this allowed me to understand design from abroad, from the big scale to the minimum scale. So, and that helps me to become a better designer. So, so why, why architecture as a profession? What was the inspiration behind it? Well, you know what, the truth is, that I wanted to be a biologist, you know? I always thought that I wanted to be a biologist because biology, I thought when, you know, you have to decide what you wanna be for all your life when you are 16, 17 years old, so what do you know? So I was very curious and I thought biology would give me the answers of the unknown, things that I didn't understand or things that I didn't know. So I went to the school, uh, you know, they give you a test of what is your vocation. And they told me that I have a very strong artistic uh, interest and I have a very strong social interest that I would be doing good in any of those. So I put together in my head, I was 16. I said, what is artistic and social? So I figured, okay, I think architecture is artistic and social, you know? Oh, wow. and very naively, you know, I went naively because, you know, and I was so lucky because I really like it. And I have been doing this for 35 years. But it was a very naive and at the same time, honest decision. You know, I said, okay, so I moved to this. 
And the bottom line, you know, I had like this social concern since I was young and I still have now. I have went through all these phases of design, you know, in the eighties design was this thing that you have to, so I, you know, you had to have. And I was not sure if it really was so important or it was a frivolous activity that you do for rich people or for, you know, certain, and then I realized in all these years working that the design has uh, consequences and design, you know, can improve your lifestyle. And we can talk about it a little bit, but then, well, then we'll talk about it in, in a little bit. Then I came to New York. I told you I did my master in urban design and uh, it was great because I understood I studied New York as a main city. We also went to Brussels to study Brussels. And I understood how cities impact people's living and how cities affect architecture and architecture affect interior and vice versa. So the interaction between all these forces, cities are living organisms, they can transform. So that was also like, you know, a great discovery for me, see how, how cities transform. It's like life itself. So, you know, cities are like, like life. They transform like your life transform. You grow, you give up some things, you change. You don't like these things anymore. It's not applicable anymore. Like cities are like that. So then I I graduated and I was lucky enough that I, I came with a lot of computer knowledge at that time. You know, I came here in 80, in 94. So at that time I have a lot of computer knowledge and it wasn't. So in the university, Columbia University, they decided to computerize all the studios and they asked me if I could stay. So, you know, or I said, okay, I'll stay. And then they hired me at Parsons. So that's how I started my teaching career here. Oh, wow. And the transition between the analog drawing to digital drawing. So, so Victoria, let me ask you now, as you mentioned back in the 1990s, the design was different architecture was a different theme. Compared to now where we have more modern technology how has been the transformation process for you? Has it been challenging or have you enjoyed that transformation and it has helped you evolve? No, well, as I told you, I wanted to be a biologist because I'm very curious, but, and I still become being curious. So as curious as I am, I always like to tap into new technologies and understand how these technologies work, not only for, for architecture, but for, for example, now for communication, like, you know, like we are communicating by Zoom, which is right. like a new new way of communicating that like two years ago, it existed, but people didn't, nobody use it. And now it's very trendy and the whole communication online. And so, yeah, I like, I like uh, technology for all aspects of life, including architecture. Now we are looking at, you know, 3D printings and CNC router to create you know, to build and to, so this is something, parametric architecture, these are topics that interest me. So, so, I so that, and, you know, because I'm also a, a, an academic, I have to bring all this technology in to my students, you know, so I have to grow. Teaching is also a good way to, to be up to date. I am, have to be up to date in technology for drawing, for, for teaching, for, you know, for building, so. So, 
so, so let me ask you now, what is it that you like the most about architecture, being an architect? Well, you know what, what I like the most about, I would say architecture and design. I specialize more in interior design, interior architecture. And what I like most is the, the, the power that we have using design to improve people's lifestyle. You know, a lot of people, you know, think that, oh, hiring an architect is expensive. I cannot do that. But not really. Like, you know, we can really help people to create the perfect environments. Because when you live in a perfect environment where everything works in your house, work for you you know i have like a lot of time people buying furniture say, oh my god this apartment is terrible this furniture doesn't fit it's because you're buying the wrong furniture maybe the furniture is too big and the space is not designed properly so when you have you know if you go every day to your house and you feel this couch is too big and i cannot fit and everything is uncomfortable you're not happy and this on not being happy reflects in your work in your relationships even a simple fact that like where do you put your keys you know so if right. you have a little place you put your keys when you get into your apartment you know the keys are always there so you don't have to fight with your wife or with your children when did you put the keys and you leave the, the house early in the morning angry because you couldn't find your keys you're late so then you are angry with the, the elevator people that come in the elevator in the street you know so design helps to create an environment of a harmony you know, depending also in your, in your, what your goals are, but, you know, the way we work, we interview people to understand how they live and how would your ideal scenario be, you know, sometimes we can make your ideal scenario into a real scenario, so you can have, I'm going to give you an example, a, a friend of mine, this was not a client, this was a friend, I went to her house to visit and she was complaining about the way her house was. Say, no, you know, I invite a lot of people for dinner and this dining room is so small. And, you know, I see that their living room is so big and the dining room is constrained like that. So I thought, why don't you flip, put the dining table in the living room and the living room in the dining room? You don't know, I mean, she's, I mean, she called me still now, you saved my life. This is like so wonderful. I am, you know, making all these beautiful dinners because, you know, sometimes in the houses, the living room, it's not really used. The living room is just, you know, you have a TV room, family room, but you right. use the dining room, you use the kitchen. So some little tips like that can make your life so much better. So is it fair to say that architecture is a perspective of a very personal feel to people because of the emotions involved? Well, I would say like, you know, when you live in a space that is efficient to you, that it's beautiful to you, that you feel that it's your retreat, because the way I see homes and offices is like that. Your home has to represent you, you know, has mm -hmm. to be a reflection of yourself. And, and, and this is sometimes people don't think that way, I think, because maybe they think it's out of reach or well, I don't, I, I mean, I, I would be interested in understanding that. Uh, but we designers and architects, we can help to create this perfect environment. It, you don't have to invest a lot of money. You have to buy a couch, you have to buy a couch, right? 
The right. couch can be big, the couch can be uh, small. So, you know, it's not about investing the money, it's how you invest it, you know? Right. To create this space in which you feel that you are the king or the queen of your house, you know? This is the best feeling. You go to your, even if it's a small little space, you feel like, you know, I'm the queen of my space. Right. You know, I can conquer the world from here. It's a different feeling that when you go to your place and it's all in, Matthew. you know, disorganized, your closet is just like, oh my, I cannot fit my things here. I have too many things. I don't know where right. I put my books, you know? Right, right, right. So, so, so let me ask you now, as an architect, how would you describe your work style? Well, you know what? This is also, uh, I work for my clients. So it's not about me. It's about them. So mm -hmm. it's not about my style. It's about their, their, how they live. So people have to show me how they live or how they want to live. And with that information, I do the project based on their look, their likes, and the look and feel that they want. I don't do it as I want because this would be a lot of pretentious mm -hmm. thinking and believing that people have to live the way I want. You know, when I was young, I thought that way. You know, I, I thought that way. And what happened was that, you know, uh, as soon as I left, people arranged their stuff how they wanted. So I realized it doesn't work. I'm, you know, I'm, I was a little egotistic back then when I, you know, when you're young, you see things differently. So I realized that it was not about me. It's about my clients and how they want to live. And I have to be a medium to give them what they want in their own style, even if I don't like it. You know, I don't really have to like it. It, because it's not my style, it's not my house. You have to like it. What I help them do is to have it coherent, you know, to make a coherent into within their style they like. So everything is coherent and, you know, and oh, they are happy on. with that, you know. They approve. They have to approve everything that I do to their like before it's done. So, so, so Victoria, I know, I know you have told me this before also, you know, uh, but I want the audience to know. Who do you admire or who is your role model and why? Wow, well, I mean, can I tell you who I admire? Well, well, well. Like who is your inspiration and who is your role model in architecture? Who do you admire the most? You know what? Uh, it's going to sound pretentious, but I'm my role model because I have to overcome so many things and I have to go to so many hurdles. And you know, I I can say that I I look after me. Regarding architects, you know, I have many architects that are like incredible, like Saha Hadid is one of, uh, you know, the one that I admire. There are many architects that I admire, but uh, regarding my role model, I I see also, for example, my daughter, my daughter, which is like a really bright woman. She turned into like an intelligent bright woman. So I look at that. I mean, I see people close to me, my mom, you know, the people that are close to me that I can see the real, because, you know, I can say, okay, I admire, you know, I admire Mahatma Gandhi. Right. You know, he did great things. Right, right. But, you know, I like to use as role models, people that are close to me that I have seen uh, grow and struggle and become what they become, including myself, right. you know, 
it's not easy to be a, an architect woman, South American with an accent in New York. You know that, right? <laughs> so, you know, I have, I so mean. You've done pretty good for yourself, so, you know. Yeah, so I am proud of myself, I would say that. And I keep looking into, you know, moving forward and doing more things. As a matter of fact, we created this new company, XD Architecture. So, so it's a new company and yeah. So it's good you brought that up because my next question was like, how did you establish your two firms? One is the Victoria Architect, uh, Benetar Architect, uh, and then the other one is the EXD Architecture. How did that? Uh, well, um, uh, as soon as I, you know, I came to the United States and the, I'm gonna tell you, United States have given me all these amazing opportunities that I have taken. You know, I was able to do my green card as an alien of extraordinary ability back then with all the computer stuff that I that I had, which was incredible for me because I never even thought, you know, I came for a year to make a master and I've been already here uh, 27 years. So it gave me opportunity to get a green card. Then I did my license, architecture license, which was also, you know, a great accomplishment. And then I, I, I work also with Alison Spear, that she really gave me an opportunity to work at her firm and help her with work. And with her, I learned how in the United States you work as an architect. I learned feet, inches, the legislation. So it was really a great opportunity. Then I also have to mention my teacher, mentor, Brian McGrath, who recommended me for the job at the university. So, you know, I have these people here, American people that have really helped me and the system also. So, you know, I did my work, but the, I don't know, I, you know, it, it was great. So I, I got my architecture license and after that, I was able to form my firm. You cannot have an architecture firm if you don't have a, a license. License, okay. So, you know, I was working for, uh, for many years, like, I don't know, since 99. And then in 2016, 2015, I met my partner at school. We were teaching together. And we were talking about how great would be to create systems that would help people live better. You know, we have similar approaches and the idea of a system and how can we create systems. And we decide to make a company to do that. And we start, we were working once, uh, once a week, you know, on a specific project to create a system mm -hmm. for, for the home. A, a system that allows flexibility and allows for the, the home to, to work efficiently. Okay, we start working that then, like four or five years ago, or four years ago, we decided to join forces and to start working together. And now we are working on a 24 hour spaces. And it's funny because we were, we were working on spaces that perform for 24 hours before COVID. And with COVID, it's proven that your space needs to perform for 24 hours. What does that mean? That you need to, your space to be able to, you, you need to sleep, you need to work, you need to entertain, you need to exercise, you need to do all the activities for a family, even if you're alone, if you're your husband or your cop or your partner or with your children, a space has to perform for 24 hours for everybody at the same time. So we are working on that. And, you know, we are, we are being very successful. We have just designed an office uh, 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 that has to be transformed. In 20 minutes, you can transform the office from a conference room to a different cubicles for to 
you know different configurations that you can do you can look it in uh, at in our webpage at exdarchitecture.com and also you can look at my own webpage to see my password at victoriabenatar.com you know. so, so so victoria so do somehow both companies offer a similar services to clients or victoria benatar your personal is a little bit different than the exd architecture well i move we, i mean my partner and i we have both our own companies in the past and we move to this company together so basically yeah so okay. i'm still victoria benatar i work i work through exd architecture Mm -hmm. In EXD architecture, we we start also, as you mentioned before, I did, I got a grant from the university to study the share economies and how the share economies are affecting cities and how this affects design, you know, like before luxury was to have an apartment in London, in New York, in Paris. Right. Now you don't need to do that. Now you can Airbnb. Luxury was to have a driver for you downstairs. Now you don't need to do that. You can do with Uber. Luxury right. was have like this beautiful library of books and film and music. You don't need to do that. Now we have Spotify, we have YouTube, we have like Netflix, many platforms. So the shared economies really have changed the way we live and have also changed the way we look at uh, luxury, you know? So now right. you can have, that's what I was telling you before. Luxury is how you live in your own place to feel like a king or a queen. And you, it doesn't have to cost more. It's just a different approach. Uh, so let me ask you, uh, I know you have lots of uh, completed projects. Uh, which one is your favorite? I know you did the Steve Madden in New York City. Uh, but in your own eyes, which one do you think has been your one of the best works so far? Well, you know what? I mean, as an architect, you are very, very uh, demanding and very, you know, like, I, I miss the word now. I mean, you are ambitious, and demanding, and you want the world to be the best as possible. So I would say that my best work is yet to come. You know, I love all my clients the same. I am very, I mean, as I was telling you, without my clients, I would be not here. I would not be here. My clients are the people that have given me the opportunity to become an architect and to become an interior designer on the place I am now. So I, it's like you're asking me, who do your children you prefer more? You, I cannot. All the projects has been a challenge. Mm -hmm. All the projects have been interesting because even if it's a small bathroom, it doesn't matter, or a room. You need to hear the person. You need to try to connect what they want and make their dreams come true in a way of physicality, you know? Mm -hmm. So everything starts with a conversation, then you put it on drawings, and there has to be physical. So I feel very proud of my career, and my favorite works are yet to come. I'm yeah. sure about that. That's awesome. Uh, so, Victoria, I know you have... Uh several published works, uh, you know, online, which I have also come across. So, and I'm sure that has impacted a lot of people, especially in the society, uh, with your immense knowledge about the profession of architecture and design. What do you feel when you see that you made such a 
amazing contribution to the society and impacting well, it was, I mean, to me, this is the, the meaning of life is there. You know, what is your contribution to the world? Uh, I mean, I see my students. I have a lot of students that contact me after years and share with me their success, which makes me super happy. Uh, you know, this is really my reward. Uh, I, my clients, when they tell me like how happy they are with their with their with the work I've done for them, and you know, I was able to to materialize their dreams because you know. It, we have dreams regarding our environment and our space. So I, I try to be as medium and try to understand what they want and translate this into physicality. And I think that this is a, I feel proud that I have this capacity and this ability to do that, you know? And uh, yeah, I feel, I feel proud of that. And I feel proud of my students. I feel proud uh, that I have been impacted a lot of people, young people, you know, mm -hmm. uh, to become architects and designers. And, you know, this is very rewarding and satisfactory. Love it, love it. Uh, a little bit on the personal side, I know uh, you're also involved in some great causes uh, such as Sandana and Aid for AIDS International. How did, how did you get into all of that? Well, you know what? I have a, I have a, I've been so lucky that I have very good friends that are devoted their lives to these nonprofit organizations for a better world. You know, as I told you at the beginning, when I did the vocational test, they told me that I have a big social uh, concern about society. So, Fundana was founded by a friend of mine and her partner. And it is in Venezuela, it's a Venezuelan foundation, and they take care of children in stress that have been abandoned. And they provide them with a, a home, with education, with care until they find, until they rehabilitate their family for whatever reason they could not take care of them, or mm -hmm. until they find surrogates that can take care of them. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, organization that I feel very connected with. Uh, and Aid for AIDS, which is also an amazing organization, which is dedicated to recycle medication for HIV mm -hmm. that has not been used in the United States mm -hmm. and sent to other countries to, to, for patients that cannot afford it. Uh, I don't know if you know, but medication, you cannot use recycled medication here inside the country, but if you use it outside, it's a humanitarian cost. So Aid for AIDS have also uh, uh, projects Aid for Life, which is uh, creating uh, well-being with the children. They provide uh, milk for infants. It originally was done for, for the children that have HIV mothers, but now it has mm -hmm. been grown. So, mm -hmm. you know, these are organizations that I feel very connected and that I feel lucky to participate with and lucky to have these friends that take care of that. And I told them, you make me a better person just to have you in my life. So I think that's, you know, it's great. So you can help, I help. Uh, Victoria, uh, I know we are short on time here. I just have a couple of more questions uh, before I uh, let you go. Uh, who is your ideal client and 
why should someone choose you? Well, you know what? My, my dream these days with the oldest the empty office buildings and the retail situation in yeah. the city. Yeah. My dream work would be to convert one of the office building into a mixed use building to create a community, you know, mm-hmm. in which the community can be self-sustained. So you convert all this, all, all this space with mixed use. So there are apartments, big apartments, oh. small apartments, mini apartments, offices, retail, daycare, supermarket, a roof, the roof with a garden, you know, like with eating garden. That's right. So, you know, like, so to create a community, so everybody in the, in the, in the building, they're part of the community and everybody help each other. You know, if you have children and maybe you are alone, you can help, you know, with your neighbor, with the children or with the dog walking or with business, share your office. I mean, we live in a, in a shared economy. Right. So share resources is the key of this, the, the way I see happening. So what best to share in a community? So my dream project would be to convert one of the buildings, let's say Midtown, an office building into a mixed use building with common spaces, with, uh, you know, areas for the community, for the children, for the elderly, with the be self-sustained, that maybe, you know, you can have some businesses inside the building that can help sustaining the building so people can, you know, use this income to lower their their life expenses in the building. I would like, that would be my dream project. I mean, our, our ex-governor Cuomo, I think he had proposed uh, because I know there is 75%, 75% vacancy still in commercial properties in New York City. Sorry. And only 25% have returned back, uh, which is also now in dilemma because of this new variant that has come. So uh, I, I hope, you know, they listen to you and uh, you're able to find a project, you know, with the city. That would be an amazing feat. Uh, last but not the least, uh, what is your message, you know, to the audience watching this podcast? Well, my message is to wake up every morning with, you know, you need to have a a goal in life, uh, you know, where uh, an illusion, let's say, uh, something that makes you happy and go for that. So makes you, every time you wake up in the morning, you work towards that goal to have, you know, even if it's ideal, it doesn't matter. because. Right. Everything starts with a thought, you know? It's like I'm telling you, my thought about this, this makes you still, everything starts with a thought. Right. And if you don't have the thought, it cannot happen. So everything starts with a thought. So keep your thoughts, try to, to work on them, try to see how you can make them reality. Try to keep uh, optimistic. You know, in the midst of all this COVID, what really keep me going is being optimistic. Like after the darkness, there is always light. You know, in the, in the Middle Ages, after the Middle Ages came the Renaissance, which was a really, you know, great time for humanity. So, I mean, we're stronger as a, as a humanity as a, than a virus. We are all stronger than a virus. So. We cannot let 
a virus that fits us and nothing, you know? We need to be optimistic, be happy, be proactive, help the causes that we believe that we can help, be nice to each other, uh, be loving, you know, love is the answer, be kind. Maybe I sound a little hippie, but that's, <laughs> that's what have been helping me to keep, you know, my head in my place, help my students, help my family, help myself, you know, uh, that's the message I can give. Keep optimistic and focus and, you know, don't let negative thoughts take over. Well, Victoria, I mean, uh, this has been a blast having a conversation with you. I know, you know, it's been a few years since we spoke to each other uh, via, as we can say, Zoom here. So, uh, you know, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. I mean, for considering this uh, to begin with. And I am very grateful and I'm very happy that I had the opportunity to have an amazing person like yourself on this channel, you know. Thank you so much, Sid. I'm like, I mean, I'm a regular human being trying to survive like everybody else, uh, but, you know, with a positive attitude and, you know, uh, and uh, being humble. That's another thing that it's important to be humble, even if you have as much success. And I want to thank you also for inviting me to your podcast. I hope that my humble works, uh, words are of help to, you know, people and serve some purpose definitely definitely thank you so much victoria for your time uh i wish you a great day okay thank you thank you Sid. thank you bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.